eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. It's a midday show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, 215-592-9494. We'll get back to your phone calls here on Trey Turner, on James Harden. But first, let's go out to the guest line here. Mike O'Connor from Rights to Ricky Sanchez. He wrote a great piece here on the Sixers, the offseason, and his feeling on what this team is, what they can't be any further. Let's talk to Mike about the decisions to come here. Mike, how you doing today? Mike. I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. You well, know, go ahead, you, go ahead. Yeah, we've been talking about it all morning long. How, how strapped are the Sixers with James Harden, this whole situation with him potentially come back? Yeah, I mean, the, the reality of it is if they don't bring James Harden back, I mean, the team kind of goes into the wilderness a little bit, right? I mean, you have to think about, you know, maybe even two years, three years down the line to get back to that, even even pretending to be a contender, right? I mean, if Harden comes back, at least you could, you know, buy into the delusion of this team winning a championship. There's no way you could talk yourself into them winning a championship if he's not back. They just don't have the flexibility. They don't have the assets to trade for anybody. So, yeah, if, if Harden leaves, you're talking about potentially putting a two- or three-year plan in place to get back to that. Uh, you know, a different team, different identity, but to get back to that contender level. But if they have him back, can they do it anyway? Because, Mike, I, that's what I keep coming back to. And I understand the reality of it, right? They'll be worse in the regular season. They'll have a worse seed. They'll have a less chance to win the title. But the way I view it, with Harden and Embiid together, I, I don't give them much chance at all to win a championship. Like, Mike, where are you? And I know you wrote in your column. Where are you with this team, this core, this group? Like, is it worth trying again? No, I'm I'm right with you, Joe. I just I, I after we saw what we saw in that Celtics series, I mean, this was a failure of of character. And I actually wrote about this before the season, where you know every year before this one, you could talk yourself into, oh, you know, any number of excuses with this team in terms of talent or fit or whatever. This year was all about character. They had everything they needed from a talent and a fit standpoint to win the title. And they completely folded when it mattered most. And that's the thing that I, I, I just don't think you can get past. You can't talk yourself into this team after what they showed, you know, sh- looking much different from an identity perspective next year. And that's the main problem is the culture, the identity of this team. 
And James Harden is a huge part of that, and that's why I, I just would be totally fine with him walking away. In your opinion, who is the front runner for potentially being the coach of this team? Well, the, the reporting is that it's between Nick Nurse, Frank Vogel, and uh, Mike Budenholzer. And out of those three, I mean, Nick Nurse would be, would be my preference. I think he's the best option because he's just a totally different type of voice than this team has had, right? Brett Brown, Doc Rivers, they're players' coaches. They, they're about, you know, kind of making sure everybody gets along, keeping guys happy. Nick Nurse is not that at all. He'll call everybody out. He runs really aggressive schemes, high minutes. He's high demand, high intensity. And that's the kind of voice that I want to see this team have. We're talking to Mike O'Connor here, Rice to Ricky Sanchez. Mike, it feels like we're, we're, maybe we're coming a little bit full circle with coaching in the NBA. You know, for a, back in the day when we were younger, it was like the, the, they ran the organization to an extent with Phil Jackson, Larry Brown, whatever. And it went so far away from that, right? Like, you know, LeBron's getting coaches changed in the middle of a the season. They win a title. It just didn't matter. Uh, do you think we're going back to that? And it kind of feels like you think the Sixers need that. Like, I look at Eric Spolstra. I mean, he. I know Jimmy Butler is, is the best player, and he's the reason they're here. But like Spolstra sets the tone, the culture. The Sixers haven't had a coach that could get like his voice mattered more than anybody else in forever. Yeah, it's a great point, and it's not. You, you're touching on the right thing, which is that it's not just a Sixers thing where this is happening, right? You look all around the league, all these teams that have sort of brought these superstars in and just let them control everything, let them make every decision. It's been a disaster, right? Like the Nets were are going to be an all-time teaching moment for teams. Or you can't just bring these guys in and let them decide who to trade for, who to hire, who to do this, do that. Same thing with the Clippers. I mean, what have they accomplished in four years after c- catering to their stars at every step? I think this is going to come full circle. And the fact that the Heat every single year outperform expectations, it's not an accident. It's a whole organizational thing. They have a backbone. They have a structure. They have an identity. And that's what I would like to see with this team, right? That, that's been a huge problem. I touched on it in my article. They just have no culture, and they haven't brought in winners. They haven't brought in, you know, they haven't established that identity as an organization to hold these guys accountable, have an identity year after year. And that's what they need to establish going forward. How realistic is the interest in Houston for James Harden? It, or is, and, and is he trying to just hold uh, the, uh, the Sixers over a barrel? I think it's very real. Everything I've heard, I mean, the Rockets are, are seem to be very convinced that, that he's coming there. Um, you know, his family lives there. And, and let's be honest, this would not be out of character for James Harden, right? Everybody's saying, why would he go there? They don't have any chance of winning. When, when has winning been the most important thing to James Harden, right? So I, I think it's a legitimate, uh, you know, legitimate possibility. I, I definitely think it's not a foregone conclusion. I could easily see him being back, but yeah, everything I've heard and everything that, you know, just logically just seems to line up, it, it seems like a real possibility. Mike, where are you on the Jokic and B debate at this point? It was a big one during the season. Uh, I know you wrote a piece during the year on why, regular season-wise, Joel did deserve the MVP, excuse me, which he got. But now as we've watched the postseason play itself out, I mean, we had Elliot Shore Parks on yesterday. He's still riding with Embiid. I, I'm fl- I'm just flabbergasted. Like, I, to me, Jokic is clearly the better player. Like, I, I can't I can't unsee what I've seen over the past month and a half. Where are you, Jokic Embiid? A hundred percent. It's over. The debate is over. I mean, Jokic is in the finals. He might win a championship. Over the last four years, Jokic has won seven playoff series. Joel has won four. And obviously, Jokic could make it eight if he wins the finals. I mean, that just speaks for itself, right? I mean, these two guys have had, in my opinion, pretty equal supporting cast. I mean, some years it's one guy has a better one. Other years it's the other guy. But... 
you know, I mean, the playoff success speaks for itself, right? And and I do think there's a legitimate argument in the regular season. You know, it's, it's such a different sport in the playoffs. You could still make the case for him beating the regular season. But playoffs, I mean, that, that debate is over. I mean, he just Jokic has had so much more success, and he's he's probably about to win a title. I mean, how could we argue for Embiid over Jokic if Jokic is the guy with the championship? And Embiid's never been out of the second round. Well, and then the other part that just drives me crazy with it is one guy shows up, like, in the biggest moments and plays. And, and Mike, the last two series, like, he was the best player on the court in series that feature, I would say, two of the best 15 players ever, obviously LeBron, and I think Durant deserves to be in, the, in that conversation when his career is over. Like, he was the best player on the court with those two guys. Meanwhile, Joel, I mean, how often has he been the best player on the court, win or lose, in a playoff series? It's not often. Certainly never in the second round, right? I mean, I don't even think he was the best player in his team this year. I don't think he was the best player in his team in 2019 with Jimmy Butler. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're 100% right. And, and uh, you know, the other thing that you just can't ignore is the, 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 the bigger picture of what that team, their identity is, right? The Nuggets have looked so tough, and they just hang on. They come back from, from big deficits, and they, they put away these teams with LeBron and KD. And Embiid's team just old year after year after year when it matters most and, and and the nuggets are just the polar opposite of that so yeah i don't i don't think you can ignore that at all mike you have a sense probably better than you know even us because you you write uh, for rights to ricky sanchez obviously spike and mike with the podcast like sixers fans and it's it's almost like a i don't want to call it a cult but it's a it's a very strong group of fans that are you know, kind of commiserate together and have for years throughout the process and it's a cool group and and obviously you're, you're part of that What's your sense moving forward of this fan base and how they're going to believe or not believe anymore in this team? I, I feel like this year was a breaking point. Like, it's not just Joel, it's all, it's just the Sixers, where game five, when they went up 3 2, people said, you know what, finally it's happening. And I'm not sure if there's going to be the same excitement next year, assuming they're in the same spot. Like, I, I just think people were broken this time. What, what do you feel? I agree. I, I sense the same thing. I, you know, that, that article that I just wrote, I was pretty critical of Joel and I was expecting to see a lot of negative feedback and I really didn't get much. I mean, people, people, especially, you know, even the diehards have seemed to sort of turn on him a little bit and, and rightfully so. I mean, I think it makes sense to kind of change your opinion of this guy. It doesn't mean that, you know, you, you, you curse him out the door and, and hope to trade him, but you know, I, I think that people have changed their, their tune on him. And I think that this fan base, you know, there's going to be a little bit of apathy and there's going to be a little bit of kind of that, that anger of, of, wait a minute, like we, we defended this guy for so many years and, and we stuck with him. And to see him go out the way he did in Game 7 where he, he just did not show up and, and the way that he spoke after the game did not seem disappointed, people are not going to forget that. And, and that's one thing I've noticed in the aftermath of all this. I mean, people are starting to kind of change their tune on Joel. Last one for you, Mike. Mike O'Connor, Rice, Ricky Sanchez. If there was a silver lining to this whole thing, for me it was Tyrese Maxey. Um, I know it wasn't perfectly efficient, but they were playing the Celtics usually as kryptonite. I just felt he went down swinging. He fought. What's your feeling on Maxey moving forward? Because it, it might be the silver lining for the franchise if he continues to develop at the pace he has. Definitely. I mean, everything that we've talked about as far as, you know, culture, identity, Maxie's the one guy who's kind of the exception to that. He's a winner. I mean, he, he, he shows up, he competes, doesn't play scared. I mean, he's got, he's got a lot of potential. I don't know if I see him as, you know, the best player on the, on the championship team, but I think he's going to be a really popular guy for this team to, to have for a long time. I mean, the fan base loves him. 
Uh, he, he's got a lot of room to grow still. So yeah, I mean he's he's that kind of silver lining. And if they're if they do end up you know letting Harden walk or maybe even trading Embiid, Maxie's a really good like I said a culture center to have as that guy that you know you can build around moving forward. Yeah, he was, and he, he, at least at least I had him down the stretch. He he was fighting the whole way. Mike, appreciate you hopping on. We'll be reading over at Rice to Ricky Sanchez, and we'll catch up soon. I'm sure during the offseason. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate there he goes, it. Mike O'Connor.